Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Paul Davison has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Paul. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. From Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Podfeed Central, I'm Allison Sheridan. And uh, manning the uh, music is Roger Chang, the show's producer. <laughs> Speaking about himself in the third person. <laughs> Best way to do it. Best way to do it. Yeah, it's true. It makes you sound important. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, kind of a crazy news day today. Uh, so we're... <laughs> Do the best best we can with all of it. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Security researcher Olivier Ho tipped off TechCrunch that a server of customer data belonging to the data management startup Rubrik was online without password protection. The server was hosted on Amazon Elasticsearch and contained tens of gigabytes of customers' names, contact information, and casework dating back to October of 2018 and included customers like Deloitte, Shell, uh, Agmolid Bank, the UK National Health Service, and Homeland Security. When alerted by TechCrunch, Rubik took the server offline and stated that no customer-owned data was actually exposed. Again. Yeah, tough stuff. Alphabet's Jigsaw Tech Incubator announced that its distributed denial-of-service protection service Project Shield, Project Shield probably, will be available to European news organizations that are, quote, vital to free and fair elections ahead of European parliamentary elections this May. Project Shield allows sites to route traffic through a Google IP address, which uses a reverse proxy that identifies and filters malicious traffic. Google also announced it has done in-person security training for over 1,000 campaign and election officials, journalists, and people from election-related NGOs or non-governmental organizations. Google will also require anyone running European election ads to verify being either an EU-based entity or citizen, as well as provide disclosures for who is paying for the ad. Google Mm. will also make an, an EU election ads transparency report available in the coming weeks, as well as a searchable library. 
It all sounds like it's the right move and at the same time, very complicated. Yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's talk a, a little of, bit a about <laughs> talking, well, speaking of complicated, and Allison, I'm glad that you're with me for this today. We talked a little bit about Apple's earnings uh, in the show yesterday because they were breaking right as we were recording. But now we have a little bit more information. So let's parse it, shall we? Apple recorded Q4 earnings per share of $4.18 on revenue of 84. $3 billion. Analysts had expected revenue of $83.97 billion on earnings of $4.17 per share. So slightly above estimates if you're looking at it that way. iPhone revenue, which if you need a reminder, doesn't now break out unit sales anymore. So it's all iPhones, not certain models of iPhones. Came in at $51.98 billion versus analyst expectations of $52.67 billion. That's going to upset some folks. Services pulled in a $10.9 billion in revenue, increasing 29% on the year. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, Apple becoming more of a services company and how that's advantageous for them. Wearable home and accessory revenue was $7.31 billion on the quarter, growing 33% on the year, slightly below analyst expectations in that regard. Overall, Apple saw quarterly revenue decline 5% on the year. The first time it's seen a decline on the holiday quarter, very important quarter. This is Apple's quarter since 2001. Apple pegged this decline exclusively on slowdowns in China. Apple loves to do that, which saw an almost $5 billion decrease in revenue since last year. Allison, lots of numbers here, but <laughs> we, you know, we, yeah, we, yeah, we're talking about there's a slowing market in China. Um, there, there's the fact that, you know, the iPhones aren't the necessarily the, 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 the phone that they used to be because they have so many great competitors. What are your thoughts on, on these numbers and, and what it means for Apple going forward? Well, I think that their strategy is probably well-placed that they're working towards the services segment because there were some, uh, some other numbers in that same report is their gross margin on services was 62.8 percent that is that is bananas right i mean i think it's 38 sure. on on everything else so 62.8 percent is crazy and the services segment grew 19 percent year over year so you're seeing these declines in apple iphone revenue and 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 profits and shipments but if you also look at the uh, the china market like you guys reported just yesterday or maybe it was yeah i think it was yesterday uh, could have been two days ago. Anyway, that the market, uh, the uh, market for smartphones in China dropped. I think it was fourteen percent overall, and Apple's dropped thirteen percent. So they dropped a little yeah. bit. Yeah, less I think awful. that was the story from Monday. But but but, but yeah, the, just I mean, the line are... to line. So uh -huh. it, it certainly has to be a combination of all of these things. I mean, the phones are overpriced. They do make. They still make an obscene margin on things like the phones. Um, but you know, the iPads are doing well and the services are just growing out of control. So, you know, they're trying to not be a one hit wonder, right? They got, uh, we've got other stories to talk about what they're doing and some interesting things coming out of that. Right. We do, we do. And, uh, and before, before we move on, I just want to ask you, because I know you're an Apple enthusiast. I would call myself the same. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, this idea that Apple might get into some gaming subscription mode with folks that might be lured from the Playstations and the Xboxes? 
You know, I I don't know enough about the gaming market to really know whether that would have any chance of success. I mean, the great strength of Apple and gaming has been the mobile market, right? The the fun little, you know, do it while you're in line at a grocery store market, not the, you know, sit down and play some big epic <laughs> game, all puns intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do I, always I, find it comedic to look at, though, because remember way back in the day, I don't even know if you're old enough to remember this, but people who use PCs always said, oh, Macs are just for games. That's not serious. i mean i had a pc as a child growing up i'm not sure that we ever said that about mac people but somebody probably did somewhere (laughs) (laughs) all right well moving on but still in the same vein uh or did we did we do all three of these sorry the second financial earnings call there item uh just do line 18 Sorry about that. Yeah. So preceding uh, Apple's financial earnings call yesterday that revealed iPhone sales fell 15 percent compared to the same time last year. CEO Tim Cook blamed a strong U.S. dollar, reduced subsidies from carriers for the iPhone and the battery replacement program. However, Apple CFO Luca Maestri blamed most of the decline on China and other emerging markets. In a subsequent exchange between Cook and analyst Milanovic, the CEO mentioned pricing was a factor, plus added the most popular iPhone model was the XR, the cheapest phone in the lineup. Yeah, so Apple has continued this whole sort of like, listen, the Chinese market is really screwing us right now. We're, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, They are being quite forward facing, at least with the public, about this line of thinking. Roger... I don't know. I, I it's it's at, at this point. I mean, we're you know we're 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 getting through earnings reports where things uh, do seem not dire for Apple, but certainly we're we're you know we're 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 in a bit of a trough. So well, you know, how much does this resonate with you? So it, it's interesting because you know again you know th- there are a multitude of factors on why the iPhones. Uh, hasn't really, you know, shifted the needle this generation uh, in terms of sales. And a lot of factors were put forth, except for the one that a lot of people say, well, the phone's too freaking expensive. Like no one's going to outlay 1K for a phone. 600 was a stretch for a lot of people, right? 600 is like, fine, you know, it does everything. You know, I can put it for a thousand. I mean, that that's kind of the, the step too far. And I think part of it was no one... Uh, you know they're reluctant to mention that because they have this idealized pricing system where they would have each of their products occupy a niche or or a market segmentation now if you notice apple doesn't really have a budget line in the same way that uh samsung or lenovo or 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 xiaomi has and so they've they've relied on this kind of middle upper middle and then like super bling expensive you know halo phone um but at some point, you know, there can be only so many people are willing to outlay that kind of cash. And you need to figure out whether or not you want to keep targeting uh, people that, you know, may want to spend or uh, may want to spend a thousand dollars on a phone, but can't because it's mm-hmm. financially unaffordable. So I don't actually think it's the top phone being a thousand dollars. That's really the problem because Samsung's got a top phone. That's a thousand dollars. Nobody's yelling at them for that. But the difference is Apple brought way up the bottom of the line phone, right? You used to be able to get one for three fifty. I think it jumped up to four fifty. So now you can't buy an iPhone that's got new innards and is pretty cool for a little bit of money, you have to put in a lot of money. Just your your starting point is that much higher. 
And you know, it, it's 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 interesting as you say that because it's not just their phones that they're doing that. So if you look at their entire product line, you do kind of see an inch upward on the low end on pricing. Like for example, like my my MacBooks from 2012, it, it needs to go, you know, badly. But <laughs> when I go and price out, you know, a, a, a comparable model, unless I'm looking at the refurb units that they sell, sell on, on the site. I mean, it gets pretty pricey. I mean, it's what uh, low thousands, like yeah. low like twelve, fifteen hundred bucks before you just be able to get like, or disc. Uh, yeah, and you you you're you're kind of in a position. Well, if I need to do anything useful, I'm looking at almost two thousand uh, dollars in order to buy. You know, not even upper upper you know top of the line model, but something you know that you know that has a one terabyte SSD that my macbook has right now and 16 gigs of ram and you're like you know that's a lot of money yeah well should we do another apple story the information allison we are on a roll tell us what's next (laughs) the information reports that apple has told content studio and networks involved with their forthcoming streaming service is to be ready for launch by mid-april unquote according to three sources, and is expected to be publicly available within weeks of that date. And for the record, no pricing or information on what the service will actually look like was part of the report. Oh, geez. We still don't know what it's going to cost. But hey, April's right around the corner anyway. That's exciting. All the speculation will be over, and then what will we talk about? You know, it's funny. I uh, We talk about... we talk about so many TV services on the show. And uh, I was on Cord Killers the other night as a guest, uh, which is Tom Red and and, and Brian Brushwood's uh, show about cutting the cord and all of, all, of, all of the things that you can do in that regard. And, you know, it kind of just, the, this whole idea of Apple is finally going to have this original content. It's going to be an Apple ecosystem thing. And I'm I'm starting to feel like, and maybe it's because I've been waiting so long, I'm starting to feel like, I don't know how much I care. <laughs> Since they haven't announced it yet. We, it just, also, it's, it's, it's been part of this news cycle for some time. And if I was sitting around being like, wish I had a great show to watch, don't have any great shows to watch, maybe I'd feel a little bit differently. But it's like... I can barely get through all the great shows that I watch now, and I'm not even watching The Good Place. Exactly. Why are you not watching The Good Place? <laughs> yes, I have no time. <laughs> I literally have no time. Uh, well, anyway, that that's exciting. I don't know. April? Yeah. 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 We'll find out. Finally, at least we'll stop speculating. Exactly. Or start speculating on something completely different. Speaking of reports, an exclusive Reuters report has revealed that a hacking unit composed of contracted ex-American intelligence operatives and United Arab Emirates intelligence services monitored the iPhones of activists, diplomats, and foreign leaders using a software tool known as Karma. Introduced back in 2016, Karma grants remote access to a target's iPhone by uploading phone numbers or email accounts into an automated targeting system. It was used to obtain photos, emails, text messages, location information, and save passwords. The tool became less useful at the end of 2017 when Apple rolled out new security updates. Why did we not hear about this back then if Karma was around? You know, it's funny. When I when I read the story, I thought the same thing. I was like, karma. I've heard of karma, right? Haven't I? Maybe I haven't. I, 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 yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit under my radar for sure. I'm really glad that uh, 
they stopped it. <laughs> right, right. Maybe we just weren't paying attention, but I don't know. I, I watch this kind of stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, again, we're talking about intelligence folks, so perhaps they're able to go under the radar, uh, you know, in a way that um, keeps us guessing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, that's not a good thing. It, you know, it's, it's one of those things that typically these tools are developed for government agencies, right? They're not something that sure. you're going to go, you go down to the, the Apple stores. Like I need karma installed on my phone so I can snoop on my mom and dad because they don't know what they're doing on their phones and I need to know what's going on. Um, oftentimes with tools like these, you know, they're, they're kind of circulated in a very small circle of people or, or agencies that use them. And, you know, what's, what's so fascinating about this is this is stuff that used to be exclusively the providence of large, you know, economies like the United States or China or Russia or, or, you know, Britain or France, where they have extensive, you know, uh, um, intelligence capabilities now you're seeing it move downstream to middle power countries that are using it in a more selective sense to monitor, you know, dissidents, monitor uh, activists and stuff like that. And it's it's kind of a spread, almost kind of a, a I don't want to say democratization, but just kind of you, you have these tools slowly start spreading out to, to wider and wider circles of, of actors rather than just exclusive club that it used to be even like six years ago. Well, I'm thinking we take a little turn away from Apple for just a moment. <laughs> uh, Chrome is set to add a feature to warn users when they access sites with domain names that look like authentic websites. The feature is reportedly called Navigation Suggestions for Lookalike URLs. The process is said to be a drop-down panel under the Chrome address bar asking the user if they really meant to visit that URL. No word on when this feature will officially ship. Well... Okay, maybe we don't know when, but I I welcome it, and I like to think that for the most part, I I I cannot be foiled, but it does happen. I think we're all yeah. you know guilty of that. You know the, the the idea of you know kind of this phishing scheme thing is 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 it it's when it's very clever, it's actually somewhat well, they're, useful. They're really good. Yeah. They're yeah. really good. You know, yeah. the, 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 typos too, right? So anyone who's running Chrome right now, you can look at the version that you updated. You can actually punt, put this URL in and you can activate it within the browser, even though it's not official. But, you know, it's mind blowing to see like, you know, there's typo sites like they, they ZDNet, uh, the, the author gives one example. So they spell PayPal, but they add an extra L at the end instead of, you know, right. uh, uh, P-A-L. It's P-A-L-L dot com. Because that's what people might type, and often you know people think, "Oh, that's just silly." People do that just because it's it's uh, it's a cheap way to get clicks on their site. But I mean, there's a lot of malicious use of these things, and yeah. I think it's great that they they've actually are implementing something that uh, enables a user to kind of steer away from that. Especially people like my dad, you know, they just type things in and. Maybe that's sure. something with the keyboard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like one day you're in a hurry and you type those two L's like, okay, you're probably going to understand that you're not at the official PayPal site. But think of how many people are just, I don't know, they got a lot of other stuff going on and they don't quite understand that that has happened. And um, yeah, if, if, yeah. if, if Chrome is going to uh, make that more... Transparent for everybody, all the better. The next round of whack-a-mole is well-received. 
Exactly. Hey, to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, it's a wonderful companion show to ours here at DTNS. Subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, Allison. So we talked about this a little bit before the show, but we'll we'll kind of set it up for everybody else who, who needs to get on board here. TechCrunch reported on Facebook's Project Atlas. If you haven't heard of it, this is a program that since 2016 paid users between the ages of 13 and 35, so quite a spread there, to install a Facebook research VPN app. The app was installed via beta testing services and gave Facebook root access to decrypted network traffic. Facebook really wanted to know what was going on there. Users were paid $20 per month. You might say, well, that's nothing. I don't know. If you're 13, you might think that that's a lot. Plus referral fees. Outside of analyzing network usage, Facebook also asked participants for system screenshots, including Amazon order histories. Since publication, Facebook stated it would shut down the program on iOS, but Facebook research is still available on Android, and it's somewhat of an ongoing situation at this point. Allison, what are your first thoughts? I mean, you're a parent. Oh. I mean, you, you know, the you know the social networking is is contentious enough when it comes to the younger folk, but but Facebook paying younger people to be part of research experiments. Does that sit well with you? Everything about this just makes me want to scream. So (laughs) first of all, they had a VPN app that was designed to do this and Apple took it out of the Mac app store because it was wrong in all ways. I don't know Mm -hmm. whether it violated times of terms of service, but whatever it was, they took it out. So Facebook actually did an end run and they used the capability that companies who write uh, developing developer companies can create a profile that allows them to install an app within the company to test an application. So let's say they're testing a new version of Facebook messenger. They could use this profile to distribute it within the company to have everybody test it. That is all it is allowed to be used for. Facebook used that to do an end around and recreate that same VPN thing they were banned from using before to do it outside of, I mean, just in children. I mean, there, there is yeah. nothing I, I can usually find some way to, you know, play devil's advocate. Oh, well, you know, they knew what they were doing. They said yes to this, but this is all of their traffic. Everything they were saying they were doing 13 year olds are idiots. 17-year-olds are idiots. I mean, you know, some of us were idiots much later than that. But some of us still might be idiots. Might be idiots. That's neither here nor there. All present company included. But the the thing is, you can't say that it's okay because a 13-year-old said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll sell this for 20 bucks. I mean, they'd sell their kidney for 20 bucks. I mean, they they don't know. Ah. Well, and yeah, okay, okay. So, and you're fired up, and 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 that's a good thing. And and I think that that sentiment is shared by a lot of other folks. But what would the solution have been? Uh, You know, how would you have rolled this out differently so that sure there might be data collection that that's for the general good of all of us, but in a way that doesn't seem so creepy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market. Perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Um, I don't know that the there fact. is a way to do it because yeah. the it's it's against the terms of service. It's it's not allowable. It's creepy and it's disgusting. I mean, it, it just everything about it is awful. Now, the good news is that um, Apple is is spanking them pretty well. Um, according to Mac rumors, they uh, Apple has stopped them from being able to use these internal profiles, which means they can't do any testing of any of their internal apps. And another thing you can use these internal profiles for these certificates is you can create a uh, an internal app that just works, say, with your um, your CRM system or you know food services or something like that. Facebook can't use any of their own apps internally right now, other than you know the production stuff. They can't do anything, so they're getting they're getting a pretty big hand slap on this. And I've been watching the news, hoping to see that Google does something too. I mean, maybe it's not against Google's terms of service, but it certainly should be against the terms of wrong. <laughs> well, okay. So the given the fact that uh, Facebook has suffered some PR challenges as of late, certainly over the last year, and um, uh, you know, in in something like this, I mean, we care about it. You want to yell? We're fired up about it. But how much do you think this would matter to somebody who already is worried that Facebook might not be? Uh, you know, a, a, a legit social network to to give all your information to. It, there, it seems like people are falling into different classes, people who never used it, people who dipped their toe in and went, oh, that's really creepy and got back out. And then yeah. there's the vast majority of us where it's like, well, that's the only way I know what my family's doing. You know, uh, this one hit me harder than all of the other ones. I know so much of what they've done has been disgusting and and it's it's just such a clear sign that their culture has nothing to do with caring about us at all. I mean, I, I know they're a company that, and companies' jobs are to make money. I, I'm the first one to say, oh, it's okay that Apple has 68% revenue or, you know, gross margins on services. <laughs> Woohoo! But there's, 
there's some level of wrong you have to draw the line at. And, you know, that delete button is just hovering right next to my finger right now for this one. This one just really, really angered me. Well, and I don't think you're alone. And I suspect that we'll probably get some feedback about this. And I hope that you do. If you want to vent, vent to us, feedback at dailytechnewshow.com. Also, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You help us pick our stories. You are an integral part of the show. You can submit them and also vote on other people's stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Allison Sheridan, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I know that you want to scream. Uh, you didn't. <laughs> and I applaud your ability to rein it in. <laughs> But uh, let folks know where, where they can keep up with all of your fabulous work. Well, I do want to plug uh, two things, sort of folding one into the other. The first is I want you to look at a, a web page that I created called podfeed.com. It's my at podfeed.com. It's my subscribe to the podcast page. And what I want you to be amazed by this is I hand coded this my little self. Nothing was auto generated at all. If you shrink and and uh, increase the size of the page, if you look at it on a, on a phone versus in landscape mode on a phone, you will see the text changes, things move around. It's fluid. It's all mobile first, and it's amazing. The Good reason I work. I know. I, I'm just like pat my. I'm just grinning from here. Man, ear to ear. So I know that feeling. This. I know that feeling. We're like, it worked. It worked. It so looked really nice. The reason I'm I know how to do this is because of a podcast that I've been doing for 70 episodes with Bart Bouchats. It's called Programming by Stealth, and he has been slowly sneaking up on us, teaching us to program. And we've done HTML and CSS and and JavaScript, and now we're doing Bootstrap. And Bootstrap classes are what allowed me to do this. And it's such a cool course because I feel so powerful now. Like, look what I did. I did that with my own bare hands. It's like I, I carved it out of, of stone is what I feel like. So it's a big <laughs> plug for programming by stealth. Bart Bouchats does all of the work. He writes amazing tutorial show notes and I'm the stooge going, wait, 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 what do you mean? I don't understand. And then I got all excited when I get it to work. Um, that's amazing. Uh, sounds like a podcast that will help a lot of folks. Yep, look for it in your podcatcher of choice under Programming by Stealth. Will do. And thanks so much for being with us on thanks. our show. Also, thanks to our patrons. Our goal each month, you know what the goal is, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. One more patron than last month. Just one. If there's two or 10 or a million, that would be great. But at least one more. You could be the person that puts us over the top and makes our hearts sing. Become a DTNS member and get an ad-free RSS feed, special episodes from Tom on how we do the show, what's going on behind the scenes, how it all works, you know? Special episodes looking back on tech news of the past and more. Sign up at patreon.com slash DTNS. Also, we have a store. Uh, com slash store. Get a hat, get a, get a hoodie, get a mug, all sorts of stuff. Be t-shirt. Shirt. I need a new one. I only need a new one. I need more. Get on in the store, Allison. Be cool. <laughs> uh, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We are live Monday through Friday at 4 30 p.m., 2130 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Tomorrow we'll be back with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 